That's what she said. And the best way to start is to hit start. And up comes the toolbar. That's what she said. Why did you get it so big? A, that's what she said. I need two men on this. That's what she said. You already did me. That's what she said. Force it in as deep as you can. That's what she said. And you were directly under her the entire time. That's what she said. Excuse me. That's what she said. It's huge. That's what she said. <laughs> Dwight, get out of my nook. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Hey there, it's the That's What She Said podcast. This is our special strippers edition. I hope you're excited. I am. My name's Lee Wood, a member of That's What She Said, which is the premier storytelling group in Fayetteville, Arkansas, telling hilarious real life adult stories uh, about once every two months now in season three of our uh, existence. And we're doing a podcast every month to give you a little bit of a preview of what's coming up, a recap of what's already happened and giving you a peek sort of behind the scenes of the stories and the themes that we tackle within our group. And like I said, it's so exciting. The next show's theme is strippers. It's on November 10th, a Friday, the only Friday of the season that we're performing. And of course, it's Sunrise Stage, which is our home for this season. Sunrise Stage, a fantastic venue right there on North College. Um, and it's a performance space that has wonderful acoustics. And it's very intimate, it has a great sound system. And uh, it just worked out beautifully for the first show of the season, which was Horrible Bosses back in September. We're really excited to get back in that room in front of a big sold out audience and tell these hilarious stories. Um, and we've had some questions this go round. You know, usually when we have a theme, our themes are like horrible bosses or siblings or holiday hell or because I got drunk, you know, things that don't necessarily take a lot of explanation. But strippers, maybe just because people jump to conclusions, we've had to talk a little bit more about it. I will clarify. It's not planned for anyone to strip on stage uh, for this show. I'm not going to say, you know, because I never know what's going to happen, but I don't think there'll be any stripping. <laughs> um, but we will have five hilarious stories from different perspectives around stripping and the stripping industry different experiences people had with it. We're also going to create an atmosphere that's fairly unique that uh, we've never really done before with the show, which is to have um, really kind of creating a feel on stage that's similar to a strip club. We're going to have a DJ that's going to be playing music uh, for the readers to come up to the stage to and then leave the stage with a certain tune um, because music is so essential to uh, to strip clubs and to strippers. I have to say, like, one of my favorite things that I've been doing uh, to make this podcast and to get ready for the show is to put together a strippers playlist and listen to these songs. It's great. Like this. This is a strip club song. Who cannot get down with some pour some sugar on me? Love is like a mom, baby, come and get it. Okay, 
that's just going to be happening throughout the podcast. So you're going to have to just bear with me. So not only will we have an MC, which is going to be Harrison Butler this go round, we're also going to have a special guest DJ. And uh, his name's Chris Selby. He has a couple of other aliases. You might know him as Clunk. Or uh, perhaps he's the guy on the scooter with the gold helmet that drives around Fayetteville, Arkansas, delivering food uh, through his business that's called Chew. Um, Chris Selby's a great character. He's been in Fayetteville forever. He's done lots of really cool things, fun things. He ran a music venue in the 90s. He ran a record store in the 2000s. He's been uh, an encourager of great, fun, artistic ventures in this town. And I'm really, really happy that he's going to be a part of this show. He'll be our strip club DJ. And I'm really excited to see it unfold. We're also going to have two new readers, brand new readers, virgins to that's what she said, uh, performing in the upcoming show, Caroline and Justin, just telling hilarious stories and giving really amazing perspectives. Now that I think about it, they're the only two that are going to be telling a story from a perspective of actually working for the strip club in the strip club. So I'll give you that little teaser. Um, So not just going to strip clubs, it's also strippers coming to certain locations, um, being grossed out, being turned on, laughing, seeing behind the curtain and seeing what it's like to actually work in this industry, just all kinds of things. Um, it's, it's exciting. And of course, like always, these stories make you belly laugh. They've been cracking us up the whole time. We're now to the point deep into the workshopping and rehearsing process where we've heard these stories. We know what's funny and we're still cracking up whenever we hear them. So really excited to have the audience hear them. There's one more thing I want to say about strippers. And this happens when uh, we've been working on a theme for a story. Amber and Sunshine and Rebecca and Harrison and I and uh, whoever also is participating in the show, sometimes Megan, sometimes Coy, and new readers as they come in. You know, we're, we're talking a lot about what has happened to us in our lives that's going to work within that theme and trying to remember details um, and trying to figure out what it is that's interesting about the story or what it is that's truly funny about the story. And so out of that process of talking and writing and working it out, there's always a point where I feel like I get slightly enlightened, which may sound hyperbolic, but it's not. It's And what I mean is that I just have other viewpoints become visible to me that I had never really thought about or seen before. And Strippers has been a great example of this because you just, maybe you, you've had a couple of experiences in a strip club or knew somebody that was a stripper or something. And so that's, that's your go-to thought if someone says something like, tell me your stripper story. But when you hear five different stories of five different experiences, you just start to see it from a lot of different angles. And I started to see strippers, exotic dancers, um, in a completely different light as I was working on this. And this is the way that I see them now. And I'm not even joking. They are public service workers. (laughs) They're doing public service. Okay, if you think about it, 
what these women do, especially, you know, through lap dances and things like that, they are providing company and a feeling and physical touch to folks who may or may not get very much of it. I don't know. Um, But those folks have signed up for the service. They want it. They're there. And I think that I really think, honestly, like they're doing good work. And I think they should be commended for it. Because who knows how, you know, a particular person feels about it while they're doing it. If you think about work, in a lot of ways, this became a work story. Um, You know, we just had horrible bosses in September. And it's this great universal theme, because everybody has to work in some capacity. And they all have feelings about it. And a lot of the time, you know, it's not great fun. And it's the same here. Um, I think that there certainly are strippers that really enjoy doing what they're doing, but it's still a grind. You still have to do it, clock in and clock out, even when you don't feel like it, when you're sick, or you'd rather be at home, or you'd rather be doing anything else. And so to put that on, to get out there, to do it, to give attention to people who might desperately need it, to touch people who might desperately need it, I'm thinking, like, seriously, that they're, they might be sort of the thing that's keeping the fabric of society together. I'm, I'm serious, <laughs> because I started to think about, as you get older, and perhaps, you know, you're not married, or you don't have a partner, and you just don't get touched that much. I mean, it gets harder to meet people. And just being physically touched by someone who, you know, is in a sparkly outfit and is lit beautifully and is putting out all the vibes like that's quelling a lot of urges that might be go pretty dark or sinister. Yeah, I'm telling you, I've thought a lot about it. I really think that strippers need to be completely commended and like the mayor needs to give out medals or something because I think that they're keeping things under wraps. They're, they're dealing with a lot of testosterone that could get out of control. It's a working theory. I'm still thinking about it, but I got to tell you, over the, the six weeks we've been working on these stories, this has become clearer and clearer to me. So if you run into a stripper or the next time you go to a strip club, you know, throw some extra cash out and say, you know, thank you for your service, because I think that's important. I make plenty cash. Tell Shorty Carmel, she got plenty ass. Yeah, I love the strippers. 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 In my foreign car, got the trunk by the engine. So when I All right. Now to the real part, not just me talking. Um, so we have started asking for and receiving. Um, stories from people through our website, twshesaid.com. We've asked for submissions before, I think last season. I'll have to make sure with Amber, but I don't think we ever got any. Um, but now, now um, people have started sending us stories and it's fantastic. Um, for the Horrible Bosses show, we had a contest uh, asking for submissions for your Horrible Bosses or stories from the workplace. And uh, got some, got a hilarious one that ended up winning. And at the show, the writer of the story got up and told his story, and it was incredible. Well, we received uh, a stripper story through our website. And the writer's name is Jack Rash, which sometimes 
the universe just hands you things that are so delicious. You can't even ask for anything better. This man's name is Jack Rash. Great name. Great name. Uh, and he sent a stripper story in. And not only was it uh, a story about strippers, it, it actually was just a really interesting story. So I invited Jack to come in and tell me the story and let me ask him questions. Because as soon as I read it, I had at least two very clear questions about it. Um, So Jack was kind enough to come in and uh, have a conversation with me. That's what we're going to listen to coming up right now. Welcome, Jack. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Um, the reason that you're here today is because you sent us a story about strippers, and it was um, one of the most interesting stories that I've read. <laughs> and so I want to talk about it. I'd love for you to tell it to me, um, because I, I'm not going to lie, I have lots of questions that I want to ask. Okay. Um, so, and I'll uh, you tell me if I have this wrong, but basically you set the scene that you're, it's this is your job. Your job is to produce um, a live television show during a pretty unusual conference every year. Okay. Tell me about the conference. Okay. It was called the Offshore Technology Conference, and it was designed to um, bring together all the experts in the world on ocean resource development and environmental protection. It was hosted by 13 engineering and scientific societies. It became quite large. In fact, uh, it, one year there were over 100,000 attendees. Wow. We had uh, a technical program where they were, uh, they selected 250 technical papers to be presented at the conference. Mm-hmm. There was a huge exhibition that went with it. Uh, at the time, we were in the Astrodome or Astro domain. Uh-huh. The, uh, the, the exhibit um, building was called the Astro Hall, and it's huge. We took over the floor of the Astro Dome itself. Wow. Uh, we were one of the first, uh, I think we were the, actually the second uh, exhibition on the Astro Dome floor. Uh, we had a helicopter sitting on, on first base. Uh, there was a oh my blowout preventer on third base. And it, it, was, it, it was quite a, uh, an extraordinary event. It, it, they occupied every hotel room in, in Houston and all the way to, well, there were people coming from Dallas every day. They would commute down because they couldn't get a hotel in, in Houston. Wow. It was huge. It yeah. was very big. Yeah. Um, and when we, is this? Sorry. It's always in the spring. It's usually the first month of May. Uh, it's still going on. Oh, um, oh really? Yeah. It's, uh, they've branched out now. They have a, it was called the Offshore Technology Conference. They have one in Asia and one in South America now. And I, I'm, I assume they still have it in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't been down there yet in quite some time. But uh, okay. it, it, was a big, it was a big deal yeah. um, uh, in a lot of ways. After the um, 
the first Arab oil embargo in 60 or 74, I think it was, 73, mm. 74. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, of course, offshore development, This the conference was mostly centered on oil and gas uh, offshore production and, and what have you. The oil companies were getting beat up by the public. You mm-hmm. know, uh, there were lines at gas stations. Uh, uh, it, it wasn't a good situation. So the 13 engineering societies said, well, you know, we could do this TV program uh, at the conference that would educate the public about how we get oil and gas out, you know, what it takes to get oil and gas out of the out of the ocean floor. Right. It's phenomenal, the, the technology. Um, so uh, the company that I worked for, a nonprofit, one of the engineering societies, we had the the contract to manage the show every year. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, you know, you guys go do this and we'll give you some money to do it. Yeah. So they, uh, I, I, my boss came to me and he said, uh, you know, nobody on this staff is qualified to do this. But of those who are not qualified, you're the least unqualified. <laughs> I think because I was the only one that had a journalism degree. All right. I was about to say, like, you, you don't work in this industry, really. You're you're. You're a journalist. Right. Okay. Exactly. I, I was hired as an assistant editor for a monthly magazine gotcha. uh, called the Journal of Petroleum Technology. I wrote all the non-technical stuff, and I had to read all the tech because it was full of technical program or technical papers. Yeah. So I, I feel like I could probably complete a well because <laughs> I've read so much about uh, the technology. But so, you know, I... I had no training in radio and television. I was a print journalist uh-huh. um, from the University of Arkansas. Uh-huh. Uh, graduated with some very famous journalists like Gerald Jordan and Brenda Blagg were in my class. Oh, nice. Yes, it was it was quite fun. Um, but anyway, it was you know I. I you just kind of rely on what you know. Mm-hmm. I knew how to write news copy, uh, so. That's what I did. Gotcha. Uh, and I went through, they have like 250 technical papers presented at this conference every year. I went through all of them and looking for things that would be interesting to the public mm-hmm. um, and found, a, you know, enough to fill the hours that we had to, to do on, on television yeah. or on the show. Uh, I had hired a crew mm-hmm. uh, to do all the technical stuff, operate the cameras and the switchers and the direction and what have you. I was concentrating on the content. The crew that I hired um, was brand new. They they were startup company in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, bunch of young kids that were brilliant at and very creative and talented. And just a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever been around TV people, you know what I'm saying. Uh, every year, uh, the show lasted five days. Okay. After the first couple of days, because we were recording interviews constantly all day long. Right. By the second or third day, we didn't need as many people. So we would start sending them home. Well, that meant that our crew party... To celebrate our great achievement 
wouldn't be anything because there were only two or three of us left. That were so left, yeah. we had the party before. Uh, the which rap was party. Not, the rap party was before. The, <laughs> before the rap. And it wasn't a smart idea, but we didn't have any other choice because the first day, the first air day, because we always had it on Saturday and our first air day was Sunday, uh-huh. everybody was hungover uh-huh. and they didn't feel like doing anything. But it was it became a tradition that that we would go to Ninfa's in Houston. It's a Mexican restaurant, uh-huh. and we uh, we had dinner, and then we'd all go our separate ways. I usually went back to my hotel and worked on scripts and what have you. Right. And this particular year, uh, the crew had showed up. Uh, uh, they had done the show the first year. The second year, I was over at their studios to do some pre-production work and what have you. And they all had on these blue satin jackets with their name embroidered over the left pocket. Their logo was on the back, and mm-hmm. their logo was a, a was a prism with the light refracted into a rainbow. So it was very colorful, and yes. it reminded me of – you may not – remember this or know about this Uh but after world war ii um all the soldiers who were stationed in japan and okinawa and so on came back with these silk jackets with okinawa embroidered across the back yes i've seen pictures yeah okay (laughs) well i couldn't resist so i gave them a bad time the whole year about what does that say on the back of your jacket okinawa or what and so they you know we were kind of indignant about it. But uh-huh. uh, this particular year, I think it was a second or third year, we had our crew party. We had finished our meal, and everybody was going to go off to wherever they were going. <clears throat> and I said, well, I've got to go back to my room and, and work. And they said, no, you're going with us. Mm-hmm. And they physically picked me up and threw me into this van, and we went to a strip club. Ah. Uh. Which is not something that I would normally have done. Right. But the crew chief was a brilliant, uh, creative man who uh, he had a film degree from Rice University. Wow. Um, So he lived in Houston for quite a while. He was a connoisseur of of, uh, topless bars. Uh His idea was he wanted to... uh, create a coffee table book of strippers yes and have them say how they wanted to be portrayed in their photograph yeah which i thought was kind of fascinating idea it's a great idea so anyway that's how we ended up at one of his favorite clubs and of course he knew all the girls Uh that were there and we were sitting there, and, and he kept paying girls to come over and dance in front of my table. And I was thinking, <laughs> it was embarrassing, to tell you the truth. Uh, finally, this one beautiful young lady comes walking up, and she's got on a blue satin jacket with the name Jack ah. embroidered over her left pocket, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> and she says, is this your jacket? And I said, well, it's my name and she said well then it must be yours and she slowly unzipped the jacket Uh and handed it to me and so the the joke then became for the whole year well wait till next year we'll give you the (laughs) g-string sure enough the next year same crew Uh i had had two on-camera talents um a, a man and a woman the woman was a beautiful sweet uh just 
you know, down to earth, mother earth type, you know, you just uh-huh. wouldn't expect her to <laughs> do anything like what she ended up doing. They, she and her, and the, the other uh, co-host were on the set rehearsing lines and I'm sitting in the control room. And of course I can hear their conversation. Right. And Bonnie was her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonnie says, Jack, are you watching the monitor? And I said, Yes, why? And she said, the crew wanted me to give you something. So, she, wait, okay. okay, so at this point, this I've been waiting to ask you this question. <laughs> so at this point, do you have any inkling? I mean, I'm imagining you're just so focused in your work because it's such a whirlwind situation that there wouldn't be any moment where oh, you Oh, I had think, no idea oh, okay. what was coming, okay. believe me. <laughs> Especially from her because she was so right. sweet and innocent. Looking. Yeah. She stood up grabbed the bottom of her skirt and held it up over her head to reveal a pair of red silk boxing shorts with my name embroidered <laughs> on the leg. <laughs> she she lowered her skirt. She reached up under her skirt, pulled off the shorts, walked into the control room and threw them at me. And that was my stripper story. <laughs> nice. An unusual one. That was the thing that I loved about it is that... Uh, because of obviously we've been talking about stripper stories for like more than a month now, the mm-hmm. group, and we've been talking about ours. And I love this exercise because you think about something differently when you start to hear other people's stories about it. But I love this because this was, it was, you know, not only is it sort of a practical joke that's getting played on you, but you're also getting taken against your will and then you're getting surprised. <laughs> usually that doesn't happen when it comes to, you know, usually someone puts themselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that about it. And I love that you, that's what I've always wondered if there was, when she said, Dear, are you looking at the monitor? If there was anything in your mind that was like, wait. No, no, no. not at all. So, I was totally surprised, <laughs> believe me. The next year, were you a little worried they were going to keep this oh, up? Gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I figured they had probably reached the end of the line in terms yeah, of garments. They couldn't really push it much so, farther. Yeah, the, what they did the next year was um, uh, surprised me by uh, we had four on-camera talents that year. Uh-huh. And uh, we had a show in the afternoon, and, and each of our shows started off with a, a news recap. It was just rip and read off the wire and, and yeah. very simple. but. We're coming up on the afternoon program, and I said, you know, where's our talent? And my producer that I had hired, or director, I guess he was, uh, I said, you know, where's where's our talent? And he says, I don't know. I can't find her anywhere. And he, he disappeared for a few minutes. We're coming up like three minutes before airtime. Mm-hmm. And this is live. This is live. Yeah. yeah. So we, you we're have... going live. I had I had to either fill three minutes or, or leave it dead air, and I can't do that. Right. So he came in to me, and he says, you're the only one with a coat and tie on. You're going to have to do the news. And I said, I'm not a camera <laughs> talent. I don't do that sort of thing. He said, you've got to do it. And I said, well, I guess I'll have to do it. So mm-hmm. I was sitting there reading over my news when the uh, sign-on music started, and I'm getting real nervous, and they cued me, and I'm reading my news, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see my director 
come on, come into the studio. Uh-huh. He's got a piece of paper and he puts it on the desk and he pushes it over towards me. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, somebody has shot the president and I'm going to have to be the first one on the air to tell everybody. <laughs> I looked down at the paper and it said, Jack, this is a joke. They had pre-recorded the news before uh. I ever got there. And of course, when I read the news, I, my I just fell on the desk, and the crew went crazy, uh-huh. and they thought that was fun. So, yeah, they they had a way of getting to me. That's great. I love that. <laughs> I love it. It's such a great – so, okay, I have to ask you, did you ever go back to any of the strip clubs in, in Houston no, when you never were there? been. Just a one-time? Yeah, it was a one-time thing. Okay. Well, and also, I, I, we're going to have to track this guy down and see if he actually ever did his, his art project because it's a really smart one. I really <laughs> like this idea. Well, his uh, I've, I've seen one of his documentaries, and it was beautifully wow. done. He was an incredible talent. He really was. He could also take apart uh, a control board – Whoa. And put it back together just by looking at the manual. Uh, he was just that kind of genius. Yeah. I mean, almost a savant, but uh, very creative and very, I'm sure he was the one who thought up the whole thing. Well, it's a really, <laughs> and it's, I, I was thinking about it as you were telling the story, what a good idea it is um, on a couple of levels. I mean, it's interesting as an art project, but it's also a great I, It's a great yeah. reason to be able to go talk to anybody in the strip club, you know? <laughs> exactly. So that's yeah. very smart. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I appreciate it so much. And it is a different perspective uh, than the ones that you might hear on our upcoming show. So thank you for coming, Jack. Thank you. I enjoyed it. All right, folks, that's it for this episode of the That's What She Said podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much to Jack Rash for coming in and sharing his story and telling it. He's a storyteller and a writer, so you may hear more from him in the future. Um, Thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, do so right now. You can do it um, at iTunes or you can do it at SoundCloud or you can go to our website, twshesaid.com. Dot com. I'm going to say that slower. T-W-She-Said.com. Um, and there you can subscribe to the podcast. You can get on our email list. You can watch videos of old shows. You can learn more about our performers. You can see the entire schedule. And of course, you can buy tickets, which is what you really need to do. We've got nine days or something like that until the stripper show. Friday, November 10th, get your tickets. We do expect this one to sell out, and you don't want to miss this. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Till next time.